Oh, hi, everybody. Ashley Levant here in Toronto. Joining me live from Calgary is Adam Sosen from Edmonton, Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter. Uh, it's great to be back. I was away for too many days. I had some elective surgery. Nothing to worry. Don't worry about it. I was just getting my mouth stretched so I can say bigger words and snack a little more. Sheila, how you doing out there? I'm doing great, boss. Um, glad to see that you're better. And I know my email was full of people concerned about you, but... Um... I did my best to reassure them, and I think they're going to be glad to see you back in the big chair. Well, I'm glad to be back, and it's nothing to worry about. I don't want to give away too many personal details because, first of all, they're gross. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have no terminal illness. I just, uh, you know, it's just taking the car into the shop to get things tidied up a little bit. And uh, I know a lot of people have been really, really saying, Ezra, if you get some major plastic surgery, we will pay for it. But uh, I've always resisted <laughs> that. I'm, I'm just joking around with all these dumb jokes. Adam, how you doing out west? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, and it's great to see. I can tell it's the Julia Roberts smile extension that you've gotten. There. You know so what? A, By the way, I'm really joking. Nice I have not had a smile extension. I have not. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like like the Joker, you know. With, like yeah. I, I'm just making dumb excuse. I, I had some oral surgery, but it was not to prettify me. It was, uh, it was just, anyhow. Um, but I won't even talk any more about it because no one needs, no one cares. Um, but I'm glad <laughs> to be here because holy moly, are we in the thick of it? Alberta is having an election. I really do think it's important. Um, every election is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Rachel Notley, the socialist NDP premier, who sort of won an accidental victory in 2015, and for the next four years just torched the province, it was saved by Jason Kenney. And then lo and behold, look what he went and did. And so now there's a rematch. Rachel Notley's back. She has the credibility of, well, I was premier once before, and you're still around, so you can imagine me being premier, and I'm the devil you know, and this Danielle Smith, well, she's she's kooky, and she's radical, and she talks to extremists, and, and um, it's true, she has a different, Danielle Smith has a different style. She's not, I don't think the word gravitas comes to mind when I think Danielle Smith. I think interesting, interested, libertarian, I think she's a great communicator most of the time, but it's those times when she, maybe she's not that get her in trouble. Um, and so, oddly enough, Rachel Notley, the devil you know, I think has some advantages. Of course, uh, she has an enormous disadvantage. She's a socialist in the freedom-lovingest province. Um, Adam, how long until Election Day? What is the Election Day? What are we at 18? It's the 29th, so we're so closing 17. in quick. Two and a half yeah. weeks away. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been at events. Sheila, I'll come to you in a moment. But Adam, what's it like on the campaign trail? First of all, let me ask you a question. Have you even been allowed in to NDP events? Or do they keep you out because you ask prickly questions? Well, you know, the, the, there's been a concerted effort definitely to uh, to limit people's access to that information. And it's not just us. There's journalists from left-wing outlets that haven't been able to get these media really? pressers like the Edmonton Journal. Um, they go out of their way to ensure that these locations aren't made public. Even last night, I headed out to an event, and uh, the, the, the initial location I got there, fortunately, I always arrive at these things probably about half an hour early, and there's a tiny little sign 
saying that they've moved to a different location because of the weather. Well, hmm. you get to the other location, and, and clearly this was not a last-minute thing. They've got stages set up, and everybody knows about this. So that, that they're going out of their way to ensure people don't get in. Um, now, obviously, we know Alex, uh, our, uh, one of our journalists, was was kicked out of, of an event. People haven't been allowed to ask questions. There's been quite a bit of uh, scandal on that front, certainly. But I was actually quite hopeful last night because quite recently, Rachel Notley said, no, 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 actually, I'm going to be taking questions from everybody. I think we might even have a clip of that. But she's like, I'm going to take questions from everybody except Western Standard because there's sort of an unresolved issue there. So I'm like, OK, maybe she's she's realized that there is such a backlash. Um, so I show up at this event last night. I walk in. I ask where questions will be and if a follow-up will be permitted, kind of making a joke about Daniel Smith not allowing follow-ups. They they tell me where I can set up my camera. They're telling me, yep, this is the spot you're going to go for questions. Everything's great. Um, then as the event's unfolding, it gets to the question period. While I walk over to ask my question, uh, an NDP person who's been working on the campaign, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a staff or I don't know if he's a volunteer, but he's intentionally blocking my camera Oh my God. Uh, knowing that I've walked away from it now. And uh, you actually have a CTV camera person giving him a bit of an earful about moving. And he says he knows he's blocking my camera. He doesn't care. I go back to ask my question. And right as they're about to hand me the mic, they just go, we're actually not taking questions from Rebel News now. Apparently now Rebel News is the outlet they don't take questions from. And then they just say, uh, no further questions from journalists. And they end the event and Rachel runs out. So it's 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 not just the fact we've seen this with Justin Trudeau before that they they won't take questions, but it's the fact that Rachel Notley is campaigning, saying Danielle Smith, who's answered half a dozen questions from us, they're saying she's hiding while while Rachel Notley's pulling stunts like this. You know what? I saw that clip the other day where they said we'll talk to anyone except for Western Standard because they have committed hate speech against our candidates. Hey, I know a little bit about hate speech. Section 319 in the Criminal Code defines hate speech. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're calling any criticism, any political criticism, any skeptical journalism, hate speech. It's just so insane. But even if we take that insanity at face value, okay, that's Western Standard. You work for Rebel News. They let you in, but then they physically block you. You say we have footage of that? So what... Uh- with setting up the camera, a Western Standard journalist was there and they filmed it and we're efforting to get that footage. We do have footage of the person intentionally blocking my camera. Yeah, let's take a look Sometimes at that. That's so, that's so childish, so passive. Agree- oh, we don't, I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah, my, they're, they're working on the edit oh, the, right now. This God, is late it's last being night, edited right so. now. That is crazy. That is a child's move. Oh, you can come yeah. in, but nah, 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 boo-boo. You can't hear me. You can't hear. I got my hands over my ears and I'm going to block your camera. I'm going to block your camera. I'm going to block. You're welcome. Free speech. Yeah, we respect journalists. We just, we're blocking you. We're blocking. And you're saying CTV actually said, what are you doing? So CTV yeah, and, was so grossed out by this, even they oh, commented? This is this is commonplace on the campaign trail. There's been instances where they know the sort of rough ride we get. Um, for example, at the last UCPA event, I was about fourth in line, and everybody just took a step back and sort of waved me through as in let's get you to get ask your really? question so first. other journalists actually oh, yeah. are so well that is a, a, an innovation i mean some, sometimes <laughs> other journalists aren't uh uh particularly friendly towards rebel news but if you're saying that other journalists are so grossed out by this that they actually part like the red sea to allow you to go to the microphone is interesting yeah. well let me ask you one last question before i go to sheila uh adam what you described suggests that there is some disgruntlement of uh, even the media party who used to be gruntled and now they're disgruntled. And what I want to ask you is if any of this is showing up in their publicity, in their, in their published work. And the reason I say that is 
you know, it's it's one thing for them to say, oh, we don't like what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a legitimate news story. It certainly would be if the shoe was on the other foot. If it was Danielle Smith or Doug Ford or the old Stephen Harper who was playing those games. So they're being nice. The other media are being nice to you because they, they're, they're grossed up. So that's that's the guy standing in front of you right now? Yeah. And towards the end here, right here, you can. that's where the CTV guy, it's very quiet. I'm sure we'll be able to pull it off our mics. The CTV guy right now when he leans out is giving him a bit of an earful. Um, and then he says, oh, I don't care. I, I'm not blocking your shot, but I want to block his shot. He said that. The CTV guy looks at me with a look of just absolute disgust in his face. And he says, I'm sorry, man. I tried. I raised my tripod really? here and whatever. It's not the end of the world. But the CTV guy was just shaking his head. Similarly, one of the other journalists who they kind of acted like they were going to hand me the mic and gave it to her. She was a, a young lady. I'm a gentleman. Go first by all means. Um, but when she went to hand me the mic next and they grabbed it, the look on her face was of disgust. Um, on the Trudeau on the Trudeau campaign, I, I think that that there was we did get some condescension. Some of the camera people would look down on us when we were covering the federal election. Um, oh, I yeah. think the media at that point was definitely still bought in. Um, but I think it's shifting. But to your point, being a little bit sort of disgruntled off the record, giving a nod, moving your camera rigs. I mean, these guys will move their massive camera rigs so I can get my little cell phone in and get a shot of these events. Um, you can tell based on their actions, they're disgruntled. Um, but they, they're still state-funded. The bosses are still going to allow a message. So uh, to your question, Ezra, I, I don't think that there has been enough outspoken criticism. We do see these rare instances where where journalists will ask tough questions, where they where they will sort of push back a little bit. I feel like the tide is changing, but we need more of these journalists uh, to take a stand, to maybe boycott a couple NDP events if they're not going to allow uh, people to ask questions. Because being nice to me, while well, that makes my heart feel uh, warm and fuzzy, and it makes me realize that I'm not crazy and these people are the bad guys, well, it doesn't really change things. It, it just makes me feel good, which that's great, but but it doesn't really matter ultimately when we're dealing with an election that's, as you mentioned, two and a half weeks out. Sheila, I know you've got a lot of things to say about this. Let me invite you in and then I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to ask. Actually, let me just spit out one super quick question. Do you know the name of that NDP staffer who was blocking? Was that like a, was that just like some ordinary NDP or was that like a press secretary? Yeah, we don't know, but he there, there's a gentleman, I don't know his last name, Mike, who is an NDP staffer and introduced himself as such. I'm sure it'd be very easy to find. He was talking to this guy quite regularly. And when Rachel Notley, it's funny, when Rachel Notley was entering, um, he was the person sort of blocking people and ensuring okay, the so cameras. Okay, so he's an NDP staffers. staffer. He's not just some... Seems uh, like. Some, you know or what? Volunteer, NDP volunteer at the very, very least. Isn't that funny? We'll you figure know it what? out. We he, will find out. And he's so childish about it. I remember federally, Terry Guillaume, uh, who works oh, yeah. for Justin Trudeau, physically slammed young Kean Bexie, who was working for us at the time, like th- elbowed him like the thug that he was. So we call Terry Guillaume a thug, which he is and was. But this little, you know, uh, vegan, um, you know, I'm just going to come up with a bunch of left-wing insults, but I, I'm going to think better of that. This <laughs> this uh, low testosterone, um, yes. uh, passive-aggressive, Passive aggressive. You know what? I mean, like he doesn't even have the balls to 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 slam you. I mean, I've seen you in person, Adam. That would be a fool's errand to to (laughs) physically tussle with Adam Sos, who can bench press, I'm guessing, north of 300. But um, so he just blocks you like a child. So so perfectly NDP. All right, Sheila, I've taken enough time uh, yammering. Why don't you weigh in on these shenanigans? And then we're going to show what happened to Daniel Smith yesterday.
Okay, but before I weigh in, I have to do some housekeeping okay. because we are 60 minutes into the show and we haven't even told people how they can get involved. So oh, okay, this you. is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally, normally hosted by my friend David Menzies. He's on assignment today, so you're getting a very special um, Alberta show. Um, if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly, you can watch us on a bunch of different platforms, but you can support us on Rumble and Odyssey. On Rumble, it's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's uh, called a Hyper Chat. And there's another way that you can support us, and that's by joining our Locals community on Locals.com. So whether you're watching us over there um, on Rumble or YouTube, if you go to Locals and become a member of our community... Um, you get access to all of our free content, but also our paid paywall content too. So Ezra's nightly show, my weekly show, um, behind the scenes footage of making of our documentaries, our documentaries there too. And it's a great way for you to throw your support behind the little company that I think we punch far above our weight, as you can see um, on our coverage on the campaign trail. So I think those are the nuts and bolts. Now to answer um, Ezra's question about me weighing in, um, I, I think it's really interesting that the NDP, like two weeks ago, they they were losing their ever-loving minds. And the mainstream media were doing the same thing, too, um, about how it was a, an attack on democracy, an attack um, on accountability, an attack on the free press. When Danielle Smith said, hey, you know what, these press conferences are getting a little out of hand. We're going to limit the journalists to one question, no follow-up. All journalists, not just the NDP ones or the you know, the Trudeau colonized ones, but everybody's getting one question, no follow-up. And I think it had something to do with the fact that CBC sends like a gajillion journalists and then they send French language journalists and Post Media is basically in charge of the media here in Alberta because it's Edmonton Journal, Calgary Herald, National Post, and a lot of the smaller weeklies in your community newspapers. Those are all Post Media. So what you had was uh, like all these journalists from these two companies showing up and asking the same question in English and French. And so nobody else is getting a question. So she limited them to just one and everybody lost their, their minds. Um, and so now the same journalists now as like Adam says, there's some pushback, but I think you would think you would expect there would be more pushback from the mainstream media who were bawling their eyes out on Twitter two weeks ago because Danielle Smith limited them to one question when they see time after time, not only Western Standard, but Counter Signal and Rebel News being physically blocked, physically removed from these, being called out from the podium, um, accused of hate speech by Rachel Notley. They should all be speaking up. It shouldn't be just some silent cameraman who sees what's happening to Adam in person. They should be whining and crying just as loud on Twitter now as they were before when they were limited to just one question. I'm very concerned, though, that um, I, not that I'm concerned that there are a lot of new people in Alberta. Alberta's calling. Move. <laughs> Come here for jobs and opportunity. But I think. Rachel Notley is relying on the fact that there are so many new people in Alberta that they don't have the same memory of her dark days in power that the rest of us do, including her attack on the free press, because uh, I think it was 20, early 2016, maybe late 2015, when Rachel Notley threw me out of the legislature. I was going there to report on a joint press conference being held between her and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I think it had something to do with the carbon tax, if I recall correctly. She threw me out of the legislature. And what ensued from that was an inquiry 
um, which resulted in what's known as the Boyd Report, which basically told Rachel Notley, sorry, you don't have the right to throw journalists out of government press conferences. She's getting away with it right now because she's not in government. But if Albertans are paying attention, this is a harbinger of things to come. If they send her back to the premier's office in some sort of bout of collective madness, she's going to be blocking everybody from her press conferences except for her favorites. That's yeah. what's going to come. She's going to do it again. And we know from our treatment by the press gallery in Alberta that there will be nobody from the media landscape standing in our defense. Yeah. Um they're so authoritarian, they don't really hide it anymore. They don't have to. Um, I remember when you tried to go into the legislature, you had permission to do so. Rachel Notley sent a sheriff with a gun. Mm -hmm. I had already, I had, I had previously reached out to the head of the press gallery at the time. It was Darcy Henton who worked for mm -hmm. post media. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, yeah, just clear security and come on in. Yeah. Notley had different, uh, different ideas because she knew that I was probably going to be the only journalist there asking her a critical question yeah. about yeah. the carbon tax and embarrassing her in front of Justin Trudeau. So she couldn't have that. They threw mm -hmm. me off the grounds altogether. But it's much different now because the press gallery doesn't even want us to join. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're not going to get the same defense. You know, I, there was a brief period in time when when journalists cared about independence and freedom of speech. Uh, I mean, I'm, I know I'm very, very old, but uh, when I published the Danish cartoons of the Muslim pro prophet Mohammed in February of 2006, I think it was, I know that sounds so long ago. Okay, it was 17 years ago. That's oh, not 100 God. years ago. That's not 50 years ago. Every single journalist I spoke to for the following year, and I talked to 100, every sec single journalist except for one was supportive, including CBC Radio. Like, no one was for my censorship. And in fact, uh, you might recall there was a pollster back then called Compass, which was you know, quite famous back then. I don't know if it's operating now. They did not just a poll, they did a survey of working journalists. Like they called up working journalists. So it wasn't even like a general opinion poll. And they said, what should be done? And 70% of working journalists at the time said, not only should I and Western Standard Magazine, which I then ran, have published those Danish cartoons, but every media should. Think of that, in 17 years, We've gone from 70% of journalists saying not only was Western Standard Ezra right to publish those cartoons, we should have done so also. We've gone from that to woke, cancel culture, uh, deplatform people we disagree with, uh, block people, it, in not even a generation. Absolute, and I, I ascribe part of it to the fact that they have been rented by Justin yeah. Trudeau and they're absorbing his ideology. But of course, in 17 years, you pump out a whole new generation of woke journalism students. I mean, listen, if the National Post, which was started, and I was there in the early days, I was there, you want to know how old I was, 25 years ago. I went to work for National Post, or just under 25 years ago. It was right wing. It was led by John O'Sullivan and Conrad Black. And now, a couple of years ago, the majority of their working newsroom signed a petition to cancel Rex Murphy. Like they were not only, they were so 
cowardly they bent the knee to the Wokarati, but so brave in their cowardice that they were willing to publicly sign a letter condemning the star columnist of the newspaper because he said Canada is not systemically racist. Every white journalist who signed that was terrified they would be canceled next if they didn't join the mob. And it was, it was such a disgrace. That's how far we've fallen. So well, why wouldn't the NDP be Sorry to interrupt you, Ezra, but before we move on from the National Post, let us not forget that they are the single largest recipient of Trudeau's bailout bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, very, very frustrating. Um, if I may, I, I just wanted to also, obviously, I think Justin Trudeau is the, the leading contributing factor. He's also a symptom of a society. But I also wanted to point out the sort of double standard. Like what Justin Trudeau has done to the media is what Rachel Notley is doing to the media. Uh, and and uh, Sheila hit the nail right on the head. They don't want real journalists there. I want to remind people that I don't think anybody in this province held uh, the UCP as accountable as as we did here at the Alberta Bureau for Rebel News. We were as critical as anybody. We asked many of the tough questions that very likely contributed to the fact that Jason Kenney is no longer leader. I drove a shame on Chandro truck up, up, truck up to his stampede breakfast, pulled in and played footage of pastors being arrested. Um, and... Despite this, he understands that that was a, a point being made and journalism criticizing him for his failure in governance. And now he's doing some good things on firearms. So he will stand there and do an interview with me because he understands yeah. uh, as imperfect as, as the UCP is. He understands that that's the role of journalism. That's the role of media. It's absolutely shocking to see how far we have slipped and how these progressive media outlets, or sorry, these progressive political parties uh, think themselves exempt from the criticisms of, of journalists. Yeah. If anyone thinks Rebel News does not challenge conservatives, they should ask the late Premier Jason Kenney, or Doug Ford, or Aaron O'Toole, or Andrew Scheer, almost forgot his name. If, I mean, we, uh, we are truly independent, and uh, to this day, I think the MPs who are more scared of us are conservatives. Liberals aren't really scared of us. They just ignore us or block us. Conservative politicians are scared of us because we have a strong connection with their voters because people trust us to be ideologically coherent and not to sell out. We don't sell out to anyone. We don't well, suck up to anyone. Well, and they know when the criticism is coming from us, it's honest criticism. Mm -hmm. It's not criticism that's been bought and paid for by Justin Trudeau. Yeah. They know that we are being honest critics of them because they are not acting like conservatives. And so it stings. It has that's an extra right. level exactly of right. pain. Yeah, when we criticize liberals, they love it. They say, look who hates us. Rebel News, mm -hmm. they're those crazy right wingers. Um, it's a man, it's a dog bites man story. But when we criticize a conservative, it's a man bites dog story because, oh, how often do you see conservative media criticizing conservatives? That's our one of the reasons we're trusted, in my mm -hmm. opinion, is because there. I don't think there's anyone in the country who genuinely thinks we are in the pocket of Pierre Polyev, Doug Ford, Danielle Smith. I'm trying to list nominal conservative politicians. No one, no one thinks we're in their pocket because every day we prove we're not. So that that's 27 minutes of preamble for what happened yesterday. Yes. Because yesterday, and I don't want to overreact. I don't want to be a nervous knowing the sky is falling. I don't want to be like those British soccer players, European, European soccer players, who someone looked at them wrong and then they 
do this dramatic thespian, you know, oh my God, I'm mortally injured. Someone looked at me. You know, I don't want to be like a European soccer player feigning an injury. But let's show, Olivia, let's show what I think can only be called the storming, maybe not a hurricane category five, more like a category two storm, but it was storming. These dirty tricksters stormed an event, and I'm gonna watch it very carefully because I understand that they shoved a cop. One was restrained by, like this is not prickly journalism. This is not journalism at all. This is the premier of the province having her event stormed. And you're not even going to believe what I'm about to say. One of the stormers, the Sturmer, was an NDP candidate from the last federal election. Patrick King, I believe was his name. No relation to the trucker. And another was Aaron, oh shoot, I just forgot his last name. Um, a labor union organizer who has worked in the past on labor projects with Rachel Notley's husband. So you've got a labor union organizer who knows Mr. Notley, Lou Arab's his name, and an NDP candidate from the federal election 2021. Like these people are so brazen, they didn't even outsource this dirty tricksterism to some college kid. They did it themselves. Without further ado, take a look. And let's play this once, and then maybe we'll even play it and pause in key moments a second time. Take a yeah. look. Hospitals are not for sale. Hospitals are not for sale. We saw your video about buying hospitals. Check it out. We've got a great offer. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for everybody in Alberta. Matter of Vineyard, anything to say? Matter of Vineyard? No? You had lots to say about this not so long ago. Matter of Vineyard? Hospital for sale? Anything? Yeah, you had a whole show to talk about this. We will not sell our arms and legs for hospitals. Hospitals should be public. They're going to cost us an arm and a leg when you sell it, though, aren't they? You already privatized lab services. How does it end? Radio silence, eh? That's all good. Yeah. We got all day. Where's the security? Yeah, how did this go on this long? Yeah, so basically what, what happened was security moved, because one of the big concerns is just they pretty much rushed, and I don't want to get into gender politics, but one, the Premier of Alberta, two, a lady and intimidated her, both of both things I have problems with. Um, but security effectively uh, enveloped her and moved her off to the side. Um, there is, it, it should cut over. If nothing else, I do have a shot. Um, I think it's going to be here in a second, of them over to the side uh, with the Premier, ensuring that she's safe. Um, and then it basically at that point, it is shocking that they got in and they got that far. Um, I believe it was Becca Pollock at that point said, you've made your point, get out of here. Um, we're going to proceed. Danielle Smith was saying, I, I, you know what, I'm going to answer the question, but get out of here and then, and then I'll talk about it. Um, at that point, yeah, there's a shot of me, uh, me, uh, capturing the action. Um, but then staff from the hotel actually came in and said, we're going to call the police, you will be charged with trespassing. And at that point, they left. So they, they clearly, these weren't just random people. They understood that sort of nuance of being formally informed that you're trespassing. At that point, they left pretty quickly. Um, they were saying, we've got all day, we're not going anywhere. The second that language came up and the, the facility said, this is a private facility, that's when they cleared out. Yeah. Can we watch it again? And I don't know if it's possible to play it slow or if it's just positive. I want to watch this thing from the beginning. If you want to... Uh, yeah, play it at a quarter feedback, a quarter speed. I just want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I had a tough time seeing anything besides that guy's gut hanging out of the bottom of his shirt. Okay, so go ahead and play it at a quarter speed. Mm -hmm. 
And they just let him go for some Just let him go. Here, okay, so play it again. I want to see the premier being whisked away. Go back to the beginning, if you please. Thanks for your help. Go back to the beginning. I just want to watch, watch the very first part we can spot. Is she even at the mic at this point, or was she rushed? It looks like she was not at the mic anymore. Looks like they may, maybe whisked her away right away. And some guy's running in the back. Someone who looks like security is pushing the, the, the bearded guy away. But then, oh, so right it looks like maybe the, the premier was... Yeah, so you can see behind them, they took the premier away, and then they left them here. So, thanks very much, we don't need to see anymore. So, what we have here is a bunch of middle-aged guys mm -hmm. storming a stage with, it looks like three women were there, the premier and yep. two other women. Apparently, the You're other women are defend for themselves. The, they'll protect the premier, but those other women there are expendable. Um, I think it is right to take the premier away. I mean, she is a, the protected person here, but but why did they let these other uh, blokes free? Just to, I, listen, I, I'm not a security expert, so I, and I suppose they were clearly not being violent at this point. But but why did that guy not escort him out of the room? I don't quite know. Well, you yeah, know, I, I think that. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna I, say, uh, like they they tackle him and then just let him go. Like, you yeah. don't even know what this guy has in his pockets, yeah. what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I found it, you know, kind of weird to see, okay, they grab him. He obviously is willing to wrestle a cop. Yeah. And they just let him go stand yeah. by these ladies who yeah. are sort of, I guess, shell-shocked. What I can tell you, though, is if you toss a little bit of gravel in the general direction of the prime minister, you're going to be flattened like a pancake and taken away in handcuffs. And yeah. these guys were treated with kid gloves. And yeah. I, I want to know why. Yeah, I wonder if some anti-mask or anti-vax protesters would have wrestled with a cop like that if they would be caught and released within seconds and let go without criminal charge. Or, to stand or by women. Trip. Yeah, you know, um, right now in Calgary, there's a pastor named Derek Reimer who merely for being near um, uh, extreme uh, cross-dressing, uh, what's a drag queen story hour, has done, what, three weeks in prison? Just for being mm -hmm. near them. And here you have people breaking in, threatening the premier physically, wrestling with cops, and, okay, guys, no problem. See you next time, NDP have candidate. Have your say. They let yeah. them have their say and even argue back and forth. Yeah. And and so Shu on the yeah, other so foot, what would have happened had three burly men stormed an event with uh, Christian Freeland or what's her name? Catherine McKenna, the former environment minister, or Rachel Notley we don't herself. Have to, we don't have to wonder. That guy in Grand Prairie yelled at Christian Freeland and they investigated him for a hate crime. I remember exactly the case you're talking about. They merely hollered he merely hollered yeah. at her, not disrupting an event. And it was yeah. a five alarm fire nationally. And that's what's incredible. I'm going to do my show on this tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time for those who subscribe. Point one is that these were not random people. These were senior NDP activists. Point two, uh, this is how they're deployed to Danielle Smith's events. But you even go in as a polite reporter as... Sheila and Adam were saying, and you don't, you're not allowed to ask questions at all as a polite reporter. Um, point three, the media coverage. Mm. 
Do we have a clip of the CBC's coverage? Why don't we play that? I have not actually watched it yet, but I understand which of the media said it's a, it's a minor drama. Horn honking will throw the country under uh, martial law because someone honked their horn meanly in a mean way, and you can tell. But um, yeah, oh, what was that? Is that the Toronto Star there? The, the Toronto Star called this a minor drama. Why don't you get over yourselves, you guys? What they kind of a country do we have if you're not allowed to storm um, an event and, and drive the premier herself off the podium? What kind of country do we live in if we're not allowed to do that, says the Toronto Star that called for the lockdown of 40 million of us because of some truckers honking. Okay, yeah, I think he's, you've got it there. Let's take a look at the CBC piece together. I haven't watched this yet. Um, let's take a look at what Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster that can't shut up about microaggressions and genderizing things. And um, what do they have to say about a couple of uh, white dudes, middle-aged, burly white dudes? Normally, those are the hated people in the CBC. But uh, let's see what they have to say today. Take a look. A UCB campaign announcement hijacked by protesters today. Party candidate Pamela Rath was cut off mid-speech as protesters, as you saw, rushed the stage area holding signs. One of them reading the Rocky View Hospital is up for sale. The announcement was paused as the protesters were ushered off stage. As you can see, the NDP condemned that disruption in a tweet. Thanks for staying up with us. I'm Rob Brown. So as you just saw, concern over the privatization of healthcare is pushing some Albertans to act out. It stems from a video from a <laughs> oh, couple of okay. years ago where Daniel oh Smith spoke about potential reforms to Alberta's health system. Our Joel Dryden has the details in our top story. We're right here. She can say anything that she wants. You're disrupting the press conference that we're having, and you're disrespecting everybody here. Their protest ties back to an NDP event on Wednesday and a 2021 video of Danielle Smith. It's a structure issue. In the video, Smith suggests if AHS isn't meeting terms, then the province could issue a request for proposals for private entities to run hospitals while remaining publicly funded. Fiona Clement specializes in health policy at the University of Calgary. She says such an idea would be possible. It's the same kind of model as seeing the private surgical um, delivery system. So, I mean, she's absolutely correct in, in her interpretation of what's allowable and what's possible. Clement notes that's not to say anything about how effective or controversial such a model might be. Hmm. Um, so huh. I should let you know that it was Danielle Smith who pushed them to do this. That's what the CBC tells us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she caused Pushing this. them to act out. They're just acting out. Yeah. You guys. Um, they should never have been provoked. And and by the way, they, they never disclose uh, that these, quote, protesters are senior NDP activists. I just sent you, Olivia, the uh, CBC headline, also, which I'm sure you have there. A group. They also didn't do. They also didn't do one other thing. Hmm. They said the NDP condemned the protest, but they didn't say that the NDP inspired it and tweeted out exactly the location, so that not only 
protesters would go there, which I think they are were already organized by the NDP, if I had to speculate. But they were hoping that other ones would go too, because the NDP tweeted out the location of this event, and all, CBC also refused to disclose that. Yeah. You know, um, we're talking about very serious matters here. Uh, it certainly would be a, a national crisis if the shoe were the on, on the other foot. Imagine if some dirty tricksters in their 40s and 50s from the UCP stormed a Notley event, one of whom was a former candidate, one of whom was a senior organizer. Um, would it be treated in that way? But I want to show you, you see that guy there, Patrick King, and you see he's wearing that hat there. I just can't let that go, that hat. And Olivia, I don't want to play too much of it, but I have to show you a sketch by Tim Robinson about that goddamn hat. So show the hat one more time that Pat King was wearing, if you please. And I thank you for this indulgence. Adam, I know you're more serious than this. And Sheila, but you see that hat there? See that hat? No, oh, yeah. He's wearing that hat. Mm-hmm. And you see that picture there? I, I, I'm not going to lie. Him? That, that picture is a picture that he chose. He preferred uh, the one on the right. He preferred that photo over others. And he's got the hat there. I want to play for you one or two minutes of Tim Robinson telling you a little bit more about that hat. I, I sent you the link in the- Your uh, Honor, the yeah, defense- uh, Yeah, you betcha. This is a from a, uh, Insider Trading Trial. Insider this, Trading, this take, take a look. Incidents to me. Ms. Hovell, do you recognize these texts? I do. Vincent, it's done. I talked to Dan, we're good, Bree. Loose ends, Vincent. We're all good, about to be way better. Bree, smiley face emoji. Vincent, did you see Brian's hat? He's still fucking wearing it. What the hell? Bree, yes, I even saw two cubes in his pocket. I think he has dice, but he's afraid to show them to anyone. The hell are they even talking about? Vincent, LOL, that is so sad. Bree, so sad, so sad, so, 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 so sad. Vincent. It's so heartbreaking, but I can't stop laughing. Tears are literally streaming down my face, thinking about his dumb dice. Leave it the fuck alone. Bree, just wired the money. Vincent, holy fucking shit. Brian's hat just got him in huge trouble in a meeting. God damn it. Mr. Andrews made Brian take off his hat. He said it was distracting. He said if anyone disagreed, he'd let Brian keep the hat on. Nobody said shit, dude. Nobody said shit. Bree. What did he do when Mr. Andrews made him take it off? Vincent, he took the hat off and he hid his head in his hands. You could tell he was crying. He kept saying under his breath, you can't fucking do that. Then Mr. Andrews said, what's that, Brian? And he said nothing. And then a minute later, he said, it's not a distraction. The guy at the store said, I'm the only guy he's ever seen pull it off. Mr. Andrews asked him how much it cost. And he said, it's illegal for you to ask me that. And Brian said, I'm putting the hat back on. I don't care what happens to me. Mr. Andrews said, just take the hat off, Brian. No, I'm not taking the fucking hat off. And he stood up and said, I've never fought for anything in my entire life. I'm fighting for this hat. 
He went to slam his hand down on the table, but he hit his water bottle and it spilled all over his laptop. And then I swear to fucking God, he tried to roll the hat down his arm like Fred Astaire, but the back flap got trapped around Rick's wheelchair. And then it took him forever to get the flap out of the wheelchair. He was fucking beat red. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. One of the flaps got wheel grease on it, and he said, what the fuck is all this stuff? You have to grease these wheels? And Rick said, yeah, you have to keep the wheels lubricated. And he said, yeah, well, I'm not supposed to get grease on this hat. And Brenda was just sitting there slightly in his way towards the door. And as he walked towards her, he said, move. And right when he said it, he realized he had gone too far. So he said in a jokey voice, who said that? Don't do the voice. Objection. Relevance. Fine. Dollar sign emoji. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Perfect. That is based on the life story. I think that's actually a dramatic reenactment of Pat King, the NDP. Hashtag hat life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the most poignant line there and what Patrick King was hanging on to was the guy at the store said I'm the only person he'd ever seen pull it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we have to pull... We have to pull my mic audio from the event because, like, one of the super serious, I think it was like C CBC or Global Camera people, was just roasting the dude's hat the entire time <laughs> while this protest was unfolding. He was just now, listen, the I'm guy laughing. That that comedian, by the way, is oh. Tim Robinson, and he's got a Netflix show. Um, I forget what it's called. Some, you know, uh, what what's the oh, series God. called? Something like, can you please leave, sir? Or something. It's, it's got a great. Uh, it's got a great. Let me just look that up. Well, I've got tears in my eyes. Are that, you sure? And he's got he's got so many little. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's called. I think you should leave. <laughs> and and if you like that kind of humor, uh, you will love that channel. I, I am tempted to show you more, but I I instead um, I will just encourage you to, to watch. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, there is some profanity. <laughs> Uh, as you can see, but if you're fine with that, you'll laugh very hard. Now, we've been laughing for five minutes because Patrick King of the NDP is such a loser. Um, I'm not saying you can't wear a hat. My dear friend David Menzies wears a hat, and I think it suits him. Yeah. Um, cowboy hats, uh, there's some people for whom it's a fixture. Yeah. Uh, I got good friends who wear ball, ball caps all the time, and I get it. Tim Poole, part of his persona is that toque he wears, or beanie as they call it in America. I'm not anti-hat, but when you are sort of a young guy wearing a fedora like that in that way, uh, it looks like he got the safari fat flaps tucked I, up yeah. this time. Um, then I can mock you because you, look at that picture of him. Look at his official biography picture. Um, Did he think there were going to be elephants there yesterday? Like, why is he dressed like that? It was cloudy in Calgary yesterday, wasn't it? Like it wasn't like he had to wait to keep the sun off his head. None of that. He, he's the only one he's ever seen pull it off. Okay, I'm now going to stop with the <laughs> joke. Forgive me. I just couldn't look at that hat without showing you that Tim Robinson sketch, um, which I thought was Should, a masterpiece. But that's probably a good spot. I think the studio is probably screaming at us for for a bit of an ad break, right? Ad break. Yeah. yeah <laughs> all right. Well, th you know what? When we come back, I want to be serious though. I'm just laughing mm -hmm. at what an idiot. That MVP is. <laughs> yes. Because um, I'm laughing because it's funny. But I swear on a stack of Bibles, if the 
shoe was on the other foot. If it was some weird hat wearing, first of all, you'd hear the word incel for the rest of the time. Oh, yeah. If, if that weird hat wearing safari flap fedora guy with the dice in his pocket stormed a Rachel Notley event or any other uh, event with a woman on the left, He'd be in jail right now. And by the way, I've never been a prisoner in jail, but I've attended jail for other reasons to visit and as a lawyer once, actually. Um, they take the dice away from you and they take your hat away from you when you check in. Um, so Patrick King would not have his beloved hat, as we know from Pastor Coates, Pastor Arthur, Pastor Reimer, when all the Christian pastors are thrown in prison, for much less than that, they don't get to take yep. their fedora with the safari flaps or their D&D dice to jail with them. On that note, let's uh, see some commercials and we'll come right back. Yeah, let's take an ad break, thanks. Today, many journalists are really just advocates for woke ideology. They don't report the facts and they simply don't care about our fundamental freedoms. Well, we're doing something about that. What happens when the journalists themselves are really bought and paid for by the government. Can they possibly criticize the government freely? The law of a society is the need for independent news. We don't push back the other way Everyone kind of wants to be a YouTuber or a media star these days or whatever. And people always ask me, you know, well, how, how do you do it? What do you do? What's the secret? All that stuff. No matter what type of journalism you're doing, whether you're doing the advocacy journalism that Robbie does, whether you're doing the investigative reporting that Sheila does, uh, some of the Gonzo journalism that David Menzies does, or whether you're working in fiction like CBC, no matter what, you are telling a story. Great. It's very informative. I learned a lot of stuff. I took so many notes. So it's definitely, it's definitely good to to, to be here. I'm really appreciating the, uh, the diversity of the speakers. They all contribute really specific uh, details on what to do as an aspiring journalist. It's been absolutely mind blowing uh, from start to finish. Firstly, beautiful hall. Uh, we've been stuffed. Uh, it's like Thanksgiving dinner every night. So that's amazing. Um, and the only thing that beats that are are the people, the people around us, the company, um, some amazing and unique individuals. The journalism conference has been great. Um, I met many prominent figures in this field and I got great advice. It was a really good um, conference, very good to meet all the lovely people here um, to get some inspiration and some experience. Our speakers, oh my gosh, they've been absolutely stupendous. I've uh, been learning so much. So grateful to have been invited to come. Thank you. Hey, that's a great student conference. I was there, and uh, Sheila, you were there, uh, and we're doing it again this year with the Democracy Fund, co-sponsored by Western Standard, True North, Rebel News, Independent Press Gallery. It's going to be super duper. You know, um, let me just say this. Sometimes I get emails, people saying, hey, Ezra, how do I get into journalism? Or even, hey, can I work for Rebel News? Um, attending this journalism conference is a good way uh, to get into journalism, 
And it's actually a doorway into Rebel News as well. You might have recognized William Diaz Berthiaume from that conference. That's where we found him. Not only will you learn a few tricks of the trade, but <clears throat> listen to the groups I just mentioned, right? Western Standard, True North, Rebel News. We'll all be there. So if you're a youngster and you've got, you've got uh, some talent, consider this a job fair, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll just tell you mm -hmm. right now, I'm going to go there. And if there's some bright young person from any background, from any place in the country, any, like, we don't discriminate. In fact, I, I literally do not ask people, for people say, do I have to go to journalism school? Other than David Benzies, I don't think anyone here went to journalism school. I don't even think I, I mean, I'm curious what people did with their life to date, but I, I don't say, well, what school did you go to and what classes you, I don't care about that. I, I want to see, can you tell a story? Are you a skeptic? Are you a contrarian? Are you willing to zig when the rest of the world zags? And do you care? Uh, are, in yeah. fact, being a contrarian is much more important to me than were you able to regurgitate back to a left-wing professor what they wanted to hear. So if you are a young person, Sarah Stock, that's another young person that we found at that journalism conference. Mm -hmm. So if you want mm -hmm. uh, to get into the biz, either with Rebel News or the other groups I mentioned, or just to learn some tricks of the trade, be there or be square. And uh, it's coming up in August, so it's not too far away. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was great. Um, just on the matter of the journalism conference, if you are, as Ezra said, if you're a young person who wants to get into journalism, I train the journalists at this company every single day. And I must tell you, I don't really care what your background is. Um, my background is definitely not in journalism. I only care what attitude you bring to the table. I can teach you the skills probably better than Ryerson. <laughs> That's for sure. Just come with the right attitude, a willingness to learn, and more importantly, an open mind. Yeah. Well, listen, Sheila, thanks for that. Um, I uh, I thank everybody for their indulgence as I played that clip from Tim Robinson. I just think I, I just couldn't let Patrick King go. Um, you know, uh, our, our alumnus, Gavin McInnes, <clears throat> says that there's a place for bullying. And, and I'm not sure I want to go that far because bullying implies a cruelty and a malice and an unfairness that I don't subscribe to. But I think what he means is just public peer pressure to jostle people back into some norms. And um, if that's what Gavin means, I think that Patrick King needs to be given what um, would be called you know, an attitude readjustment on that hat. Yeah. Just starting there. <laughs> like a guy wearing that hat needs an attitude readjustment, just a friendly way. And maybe he'll stop doing other antisocial things like storming events from women and, sh and shouting over them. Uh, the hat's the giveaway. I'm, I'll, you know, I'll tell you right now, he's a male feminist. Oh, for sure. If you are wearing that hat, you are a male feminist. People who wear those hats don't actually go outside. That's what I've learned. Like, you want to give the perception of being outdoorsy, but you don't actually go outside. The guy at the store ever. said, I'm the only one he's ever seen pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I may. Uh, what? One thing that I did want to get to, and then we can do the haberdashery breakdown afterwards. Uh, I apologize. Um, I just can't stop laughing. Me neither. But Over you know, to you, Adam. Take it away. Make this serious again. In, 
that was incredibly interesting here is listen, these people clearly are associated in the NDP. I don't know if they were hired by them. I don't know if Rachel Notley asked them to go. They claim they didn't. But whatever happened, they were clearly doing something inspired by the comments of Rachel Notley and the NDP. Um, that's why they were there. That's why they were shouting those sentiments. But I, I very likely think beyond the sort of evident point slip you're going to see in the NDP from this disruption, I think that they've they've awakened Daniel Smith. At a few of these events, Daniel Smith has come out, issued sort of bland statements about uh, saving 700 bucks on taxes, which is great, or a 25% tax cut on registries or, or cost cut on registry services. Okay, wonderful, great. These aren't sort of key critical things. After that disruption, after those people burst in, and after Daniel Smith was pushed away, I think she had a bit of an adrenaline rush because when she came back, it was a little bit more rock and roll. She was going after the NDP. She seemed engaged. I don't know if this is a conscientious UCP strategy to have her ramp up towards the election, but the previous events have not felt rock and roll. They haven't felt exciting. I'll give the NDP credit. Their events, it was music. It was boisterous. Um, the, the UCP events have felt a little bit drab. This is the first time I really felt like Daniel Smith was was sort of uh, speaking from the heart, uh, wearing her heart on her sleeve a little bit. And, and a few journalists that I talked to there shared the sentiment that they think this is a turning point, not just because of what just what happened, because those people disrupted the event, but because Daniel Smith and the UCP, who have been sort of on the defensive, who've been sitting back, are now saying, you know what, enough is enough. It, it was interesting to see, and, and I hope that continues. Um, we've got about five minutes left. And Sheila, would you like to weigh in on anything? Um, because I know how I, the last 90 seconds of the show, I have uh, something I'd like to... You know, you know what? Actually, our, our friend Rachel Emanuel at True North has, has some vids. Um, Sheila, do you want to intro these vids? Do you know the ones I'm referring to? I don't, but I will say, I, I will echo um, Adam's sentiment that uh, these people are being radicalized by NDP rhetoric and lies. And it, I, I worry that it's a, only a matter of time before somebody is hurt, yeah. uh, thanks to just the superheated nonsense that Rachel Notley is spewing at these low information voters who are on just a little bit too much CBC. You know, that's exactly right. <clears throat> I mean, I always thought this about the left calling Trump a Nazi. Like, mm -hmm. that's laughable to me. And I think it's laughable to, it's laughable to half the world. Another... 40% say, well, we know he's not a Nazi, but we know what you mean. 10% say, yeah, I'm really worried he's going to take away all my rights. 1% says, well, yeah, maybe he really is a Nazi. And maybe one in maybe one in 10,000. So 1% and 1% says, oh, he's a Nazi because these authoritative people say so. I've never seen any rebuttal to it. I think he's a Nazi. And then maybe 1% and 1% and 1% maybe one in a million people says, oh, my God, he's a Nazi. And I have to stop him by any means necessary. We all know the thought experiment. Would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler if you could to save the course of the world? And if maybe one in a million people actually believes that Trump is a Nazi, well, that's 300 and some people in America who would act on that if they could. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying the leftist thing of, you know, words are violence. But if you say something that insane, why are you saying that endlessly? And right, Ezra, but more to your point, sorry to cut you off, but mm. 
that that is the problem here. The left thinks that words are violence. So if somebody is committing violence against you, you are now justified in responding in kind. And that's the real problem here. When Rachel Notley is saying you're going to sell off a hospital and privatize healthcare and people are going to die, what's your thought experiment? If I stop this, I'm going to save lives and I'm going to be a hero because I'm just a useless oversoid man in a stupid hat and I've never done anything good for anybody in my life. Now's my chance to save lives. What's the next natural step except violence from these people? Yeah. And these are and these are folks who reach for violence. <clears throat> there is no right wing equivalent to Antifa. There's not. No. Um, the the left tried to make the Proud Boys into that Proud Boys is a is a is a pub crawl. It's a fraternity yeah, it's a for drinking club. Yeah, yep. um, there is no movement on the left like that. And of course, Rachel Notley would has never and will never condemn Antifa because they're her street teams, they're her street gangs. Last, oh, you know what? I, I, I uh, it's it's almost the top of the hour. Adam, let's close with last thoughts to you. You can either introduce the Rachel uh, Emanuel vid or or have your closing thoughts in general. Yeah, Rachel Emanuel obviously doing some incredible stuff. I think that opens a whole different conversation. There's some there's some distinct questions there. Um, but I, I did want to say that ultimately, I think what this election will come down to uh, is whether people believe the things that the NDP say or if they look at the, albeit imperfect, track record of the UCP. And that's what Danielle Smith asked people to do at this conference. She was saying, I hope that the media will simply be fair, pre present the facts as they are. And she asked not to be judged on promises that are unlikely uh, to, to be realized by the NDP, but on the actions that she has taken. I, I'm I'm ever the optimist. I, I tweeted the other night that I really do want to have a conversation with Rachel Notley. I just want to ask her fair questions. Um, I, I, I want to have authentic conversations so that our viewers can have an informed opinion when it comes time to vote. That's ultimately what I'm after. Uh, unfortunately, Rachel Notley is imitating the federal liberals. Um, Rachel Notley is engaging in, in very anti-democratic practices. And for anyone in Alberta, wherever you sit, wherever you are on the spectrum, that should be extremely concerning to you. So uh, hopefully people will take some time to actually look at the issues, not believe the buzzwords, not believe the hype, uh, the, the empty sentiment of love, tolerance and sharing that the NDP uh, profess while everything they practice seems to seems to signal otherwise. So I, I urge people out there to just sort of take a strong, hard look at the facts. Yeah. Well, Adam and Sheila, great to catch up with you. The election is less than three weeks away. Um, <clears throat> the latest polling I've seen suggests that it will be a modest uh, UCP government. I think that's probably right. Uh, I think it, it avoids the um, self-destruct button that Rachel Notley um, re, uh, embodies. I think it gives Danielle Smith a chance to grow and to improve. Yeah. I, th I think that um, she will be a more seasoned premier. Obviously, she's never been premier before. And she will hopefully be stronger. Although I must say, it's been more than a decade since an Alberta premier served out their full term and was reelected. When you think about it, um, Rachel Notley did not serve out her, was not reelected. Jason Kenney didn't even serve out his full term. Uh, Rachel Notley succeeded Jim Prentice. Um, Jim Prent, I mean, just it goes back. There was so many stopgap, really going. You'd, I think you have mm -hmm. to go back all the way to, um, was it Ed Stelmack? Yes. 
So it's yeah, been a long Yeah, Alison Redford resigned. Yeah, yeah. Alison Redford, that's right. And I, I, I'm not even listing them all. Anyways, Alberta's a funny place that way. It's very populous, very unsettled. Preston Manning remarks on this, how many par parties get their start in Alberta, including, it depends on how you define it, the NDP and the CCF. On that note, let me um, thank everybody for joining. Did we get any super chats? I think we have, we have one just super chat. one. Sheila, do you want to read it? Just one, and it's from Ableist. Mm -hmm. um, SL gives us five bucks. Twitter users, <clears throat> this is a question for Ezra. Twitter users are angry at Elon for hiring Linda Yaccarino. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Due to her WEF ties and woke BS. Reasonably fearing she'll re-ruin the site. Also, I, he says Kinsley, but I think he means Kinsey's child sexuality research is unethical fraud. On the last point, um, Jordan B. Peterson has an excellent podcast about that with a researcher who examined Kinsey's research into child sexuality. It's very creepy, very gross. I hope you have the stomach for it, but if you need more details, go there. And uh, I guess we'll let Ezra remark on Elon's suspected new hire. Yeah, I don't like uh, the fact that she's uh, so deep in the World Economic Forum. Um, but I, I think that she went there in her role as the head of ads for NBC Universal. She went there to schmooze with other VVIPs in a sales capacity. This is me trying to put the best gloss on things. Um, I know that she um, was uh, one of the few people from the industry who had something to do with Donald Trump. Yeah. She uh, sat on the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition, which is not, in my opinion, a very important or ideological position, but it was, imagine how difficult it would have been for someone high up in the world of media to do anything Trumpish. We know in Silicon yeah. Valley, other than Peter Thiel, there really was no one. Um, I, I think she's generally being pro-Musk. I mean, listen, you can choose a political ideologue or you can choose someone, a really senior media executive. And if she's being hired to work on media stuff, on deliverables, on getting the video going, on getting ads going, I think she's a great fit. If she's being hired to bring woke censorship, she's a disastrous fit. And I would hope that Elon Musk is not, as our writer says, re-ruining the site. If I understand what he wants to do, he wants an everything app. I think the, the analogy he uses is the Chinese app, which I think is called WeChat, yeah. which is payment and chat and, and uh, shopping and everything. And if Elon Musk turns Twitter into an everything app, then you need a woman like uh, Yaccarino if I'm saying her name right, Linda Yaccarino. Um, and you've got to think she was brought in to do that, not to do the woke stuff. Let me say this. Elon Musk put 44 billion US dollars into Twitter, fired thousands of censors, said he's for free speech. I can't imagine he'd say, oh, let me just undo everything with this one hire. I just have got to hope that's not the case. Anyhow, um, it's 2.06 Eastern Time, 12.06 in, in the West there. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for the Super Chat. Thanks, Adam and Sheila, for covering this interesting race. For those of you who uh, want, I have a show at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's behind a paywall. You can go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. 
not only does that add, I mean, it's not a lot of dough for a subscription, but it adds up when a lot of people chip in eight bucks and we need it because of course we don't take a dime from Trudeau and never will. So that's a way to support us and get content behind the paywall. I have a daily show. Sheila has a weekly show and we have special content there too. So you can get that at Rebel News Plus until tonight when I do my show. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters and at our Western Outposts, to you at home, goodbye, and keep fighting for freedom. Adam Sos for Rebel News. Mm -hmm. First off, I just wanted to thank you and the UCP uh, for your uh, willingness to answer questions from all media outlets. Um, it's not only the protesters who are, are providing semantics, the NDP are providing their share. Uh, speaking of the NDP and some in the media, they seem hell-bent on turning this campaign into a tabloid-style American election where leaders' personalities, particularly yours, rather than the contact of their party's content of their party's policies are the primary focus. Why do you suspect that is? I think the NDP don't have ideas. Everything I've seen, it's either uh, gainsaying what we do, saying, oh, we'll do that too, we'll just do a little bit more, or it's reannouncing old policy announcements, or saying that they'll continue on with policies we've already passed. And if you want to continue with the UCP government, then you should vote for the UCP. So that is why I think I think that they uh, simply have not, they don't, don't have um, any positive ideas for the future. They don't have any creative ideas about how to address the needs of Albertans, whereas we do. We've announced a health care guarantee. We've announced a, a tax guarantee. We're going to make sure that no taxes can be increased for personal and corporate income tax without a, without a referendum. We've announced an 8% uh, tax bracket now so that we can benefit our lowest income Albertans the most, but uh, all families uh, up to $1,500. Uh, we've announced that we are going to be doing foreign credentials recognition, auto-credentialing, uh, which we've already seen some huge success in. 1,400 nurses have been announced that they have received the credentialing from the nursing college in the last month alone, which is more than we've seen in the last two and a half years. We're already making progress. We're going to do so much more. We're going to have a graduation tax credit so that we can keep our graduates here. And we're also going to have an Alberta's calling tax credit so that we can continue to attract people from around the, 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 the country and around the world. And, and today we're also announcing that we are going to make life more affordable for seniors giving them a 25% tax cut uh, or a, a rebate, 25% discount on registry services. So we, every time we come forward, we have positive ideas to announce that will make life better for Albertans. It will uh, support job growth. It'll support the economy. It'll support affordability. And it will also help uh, help to improve our health care system. And they just are flat out of ideas. So they resort to personal attacks.